Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. If you want to turn with me to Hebrews 4, Lord, we just, we give thanks. Lord, for the celebration that we've seen and how you have allowed us to Lord, participate in what you're doing on the earth. God, we, we acknowledge that this is, not a, this is not our own doing. This is not our, our smooth abilities, our, our bright ideas, our, our good planning. Lord, this is a work of your spirit in our midst, bringing people to Jesus, giving us grace to continue to pursue you and love you, And so we want to give thanks. We want to give honor to your name. God, that is why we sing your praises, because we believe you are worthy of all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our our thoughts, all of our love, all of our affection belongs to you. So we thank you for that this morning. Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, like I said, we celebrate our two-year anniversary. Been at three different places two different towns, and this morning I'm going to preach a message that I first preached at the first service we had, and I remember that service, it was a great service, it was really the only time we could actually say, if you're new to this church, please raise your hand, and everyone would have to raise their hand, it was really easy, (laughs) but things have changed, but the message that we bring has not changed, the message that we bring, the reason we're here has not changed. It is the same message. It is the same reason that we are here today. That has, that has not changed. And so as I was preparing a message on Luke this week, I felt on, th- on Thursday morning just the Lord remind me of just the, the necessity to remember our foundations. Remember why we are here in the first place. Remember why we planted out from from, from, from Lansing and why we, we are in Highland, why we're in Munster now, why we're in this building, why we do church every week. Why is that? It'd be so much easier at times just to go to a different church and just kind of fit in and go about our ways. That would be great. But we feel like and we believe that the expression of the kingdom of God and, and the, the growth of the gospel, that we need to see many churches Many, many more churches reaching the people around us. We believe that God, there is, God is doing something on the earth today that is an expansion of his kingdom that he's promised. So his kingdom knows no end. This continues to grow and thrive since the beginning of time and today as well. So, Hebrews 4. These are the verses I preach, verses 12 through 16. One of the things that we planted out with, one of the things that we desired to do from the very beginning is to be a real people, loving a real God who changes our lives in real ways. And this for us is never about, and we do not want to see this ever be about a front, about a show, about a production, about big lights and a big stage, making a name for ourselves. That is not what we planted for. We want to be authentic people who've been transformed and changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that are reaching people with this same message that we ourselves have been changed by, that we ourselves have encountered. And so what we do, we come as we are, we share what God is doing, and we are open to what God is saying to us. That is our desire. And so the sign on the front of our church, the sign you saw on the the board says, down to earth. It's significant. We, like I said, we don't want to come to a church and we put on a false front. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Great. Church is great. Everything's great. Life is easy. We want to be authentic. We want to be down to earth. And so easy we can fall into the trap of thinking, oh man, we've got it going on here. We've got, man, we are the church. We are it. We fall into this trap when we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. So we have a band. Oh, your church doesn't have a band. I'm sorry to hear that. We've got a really good band. Yeah, we, we have a really nice website, if you haven't noticed. Your church's website's lame. All these things. And I was thinking about this week because I thought, man, when, when I want a reality check, I think, man, we go to a church with pink pews. We, go, we, have a, we, we are sitting at church with pink pews. Not only that, but we swim in an ocean of pink carpeting, okay? It's, it's a nice reality check. Okay, we have a nice website, but we have pink pews <laughs> and pink carpeting everywhere. So it's, it's nice to think, you know what? God is still doing a work of humbling us, helping us not to think too highly of ourselves than we ought to. All right, let's get to the text. Hebrews 4, we're going to read verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. As much as it says about God's word, and it says a lot about God's word, this morning I want to look at what does this have to say about us? What is this communicating to us about us? What is God's word saying about who we are? And so we as people, I think we as humanity, we don't like to be exposed. We hate it when you go to the airport and you have to go through that that line of people to go through the x-ray machine and, and to put your stuff on the, on the, on the luggage thing that's so they can x-ray your luggage and you're all, your heart starts beating fast like, oh, I hope they don't pull me to the side and I hope they don't check me out and I hope they don't ask me a bunch of questions. We don't like it. Even though we're not, we have nothing to hide. We're not doing anything bad. We just don't like it. We don't like people prying into our lives. We don't like people asking us a bunch of personal questions. We don't, want them, we don't want them pulling us to the side and, and, and patting us down and, and doing all these things. We don't like taking our shoes off. We don't like this invasion of our privacy. And we, we, we buck against that. We don't, none of us here likes that. I was talking to a, an imam from um, a mosque in Maryville this past week. And he was, he was communicating to me how Whenever he goes to the airport, he's like, guaranteed, I will 100% of the time be pulled aside and searched. Every time. He's like, I've never gone to the airport. I've never gotten onto an airplane before, like, without someone 
pulling me aside, questioning me in the back room, asking me a bunch of questions. I began to feel for it. I'm like, man, that's, that's awful. I would hate that. I would hate always being the guy who's always getting asked these questions. It's not fun. But I believe part of that is, is it's human nature. We don't, want, we don't want to be exposed. We don't want people prying in. We don't want people asking too many questions. We don't like this. But as we read these passages in Scripture, the question is, have we ever thought about how God sees us? How does God see us? What does God think of us? What is he able to discern in our lives? What is he looking for? But this passage describes how each one of us, how we are before God. This is how we are before God. And this is what the language of the text says. Is we're naked, we're exposed, we're accountable, we're weak, we're in need of help, we're defenseless on our own. That's each one of us before Almighty God, the God of the universe who created us. He says, man, there's nothing hidden from him. He doesn't, even, he doesn't only see what we do, but God also sees the motives of our hearts. As I was, that same conversation I had with that imam, he was communicating to me how if we think a bad thought or think a bad word, but we do not say it, it doesn't come out of our lips, it's okay because it never came out of us. So it's, as, long as, as long as it stays within, as long, as long as we hold our words, as long as we don't allow these things to come out of us, we're not going to be judged for those things. But this text says something different to us. It says we're completely exposed. It says there's nothing hidden. Even that thought is, is, is plain before the Lord. Even if it's not, even if that word isn't spoken, God knows our hearts. God knows our thoughts. All this this puts us into a great perspective on how we stand before God. This puts us in a real, per- this is a, really how we stand before God. God sees everything. Nothing is hidden. So there's some of us here today who, who are battling with sin, and it's a hidden sin, and we don't, want to keep, we don't want anybody to know, but God knows. God is not, God is not fooled. God knows. God sees. But that's why the rest of this text is such good news for us. But not only do we stand before God this way, but we also stand before one another this way. That's why it's so important for us to realize that we're not all who we, we think that we are. We are, we, are just, we are plain people before the Lord. We're not, we're, not, we're not superstars. We're not celebrities. We're just plain people before the Lord and before one another. That's what we want it to be. We don't want to be a church with a bunch of superstars, a bunch of celebrities. We want to be a place where we are real people coming to the Lord, serving one another in real ways. One author puts it this way, we're just one beggar showing another beggar where the bread's at, and that's in Jesus. He says, man, we're just one beggar showing another beggar where the bread's at. That's all, just beggars before the Lord. I think about how many times I've been to a life share group or in a meeting where I just I withhold, I, I don't open up, I stay closed. I think, man, how different it would be if I would read a text like this and say, you know what, this is all of us. And because of that, I'm gonna be open. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let every, I'm gonna let my guard down. I wanna be 
who I am before people. I want people to know I'm, I struggle with these things. I want people to know that I get angry over this. I want people to know that I'm, that I'm worried about these things in my life. That I'm anxious about these things. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful about what's, what's happening at work or what's going on with my mom or, or what's, what's going on with my, my child. We want to be authentic and honest. That's what God's words, that's what God is desiring of us. He wants us to live this way. So where does this all leave us? This leaves us down to earth. This is who we are, down to earth. Leaves us humble before God and others. And so often, I remember this, this happens, this happened a lot before. Now that this, we would, Michelle and I would drive to church with the kids. On the way to church, we'd get into a big fight in the car. I don't know if it's ever happened to anyone before. Um, I'm sure we're the only ones. But we'd drive on the way to church, and we'd get into a big, huge fight, and then we'd show up to church, like, okay, put on the happy faces. We're going to church, for goodness sake, okay? Let's, uh, let's smile. How's it going? Oh, it's great. We're really like, man, I'm going to kill my wife, but man, I'm... oh, everything's great, brother. Thanks for asking. Yes, I'm blessed. You too? Yeah, you know, they probably got into a fight too. It's like, yeah, whatever. But we don't want that. That's not what we want. That's not our desire for a church. We don't want to show up with a bunch of people all with smiling faces, pretending like everything's okay, when it's not. We don't want to be at a place where we show up and just put on the face. Man, I got into a big fight with my wife this morning in the car. Can you pray for us? Now, it doesn't happen as much anymore because I don't drive to church with my wife. But <laughs> if I did, I'm sure it would. <laughs> But now the writer of Hebrews takes our eyes off of ourselves and begins to put them on Christ. Let's look at what he says in verses 14 and 15. And this is the good news. He gives us the, he gives us the hard news first, kind of softens us up. Look, guys, it's, you are naked and exposed before God. Like, oh, man, that's not good. But, verse 14, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. He, he takes our eyes off our says, look guys, it's, it's not good, but... Let's look at Jesus, because I'm going to give you the good news now. This is the good news. Who is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus Christ? He is our great high priest. The high priest's responsibility was to bring people to the Lord through sacrifices and offerings. The mediator between God and man. People couldn't go, just go to God on their own. They couldn't just show up at the temple Show up, walk into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was and just kind of do their thing. Have a little quiet time. It wasn't how it worked. There was one high priest who at, at one day during the year would, would make sacrifices and offerings for the, all the people and he'd go into the Holy of Holies. It wasn't just whenever he felt like it. It was only at a specific time in a specific way. There was only one guy. And now it says Jesus is our great high priest. 
He made a way for us to come into the presence of Almighty God. Jesus gave himself as the sacrifice. Not only did he give himself as a sacrifice, but he, he himself is the high priest. He's a mediator. He's a go-between. He comes to us and says, look, I've made a way for you to know God. I've made a way for you for your sins to be forgiven. I've made a way for you to come into the very presence of God. Not one time a year, not only on certain prescribed ways, it's through Jesus only. But he said, I've made a way that when we show up, we can come together on a Sunday morning, dressed just as we are, no matter what's been going on in our week, and come into the very presence of God and sing his praises because of what Jesus Christ has done. He's made a way for us. Not only that, but he's the son of God. He doesn't minister in an earthly temple, but he ministers in the throne room of God. The verse also says that he sympathizes with our weakness. He knows our weakness. He himself came to earth fully God and fully man, walked the earth, was was tired, felt hunger, knew pain, was tempted, and yet he was without sin. We think about our own temptation, how often we, we, we are tempted by sin and we give in. But Jesus Christ knew the full brunt of trial and temptation in his life, yet never sinned. We give in before the full temptation comes. Jesus withstood the full temptation of sin and never sinned. He knows exactly what we're going through. He is our champion. Lance Armstrong has won seven Tour de France's which is arguably the most difficult um, sporting event a person can go through. It's, it's three weeks, 2,200 miles through the mountains and everywhere else. And what makes Armstrong's victories in the Tour de France is this, the fact that he, before he won his first tour, he had cancer. And when he, contra- when he had cancer, they, were, they gave him a 40% chance of survival. So 40, 40% chances of cancer survival. He survives. He doesn't just survive. He goes on to win seven Tour de France's, completely smashing all tour records. Cancer survival. And with Armstrong, there's a bit of this identification with cancer survivors with Armstrong. So you've got the Livestrong stuff, the Nike clo- the clothing line, and, and all this other stuff because there's an identification that people have. They said, look, that's my, that's my boy. He beat it. He smashed it. He killed it. I want to be like that. And with Christ, it's the same way. He withstood temptation. He withstood trial. He withstood sin and never sinned. That is our champion. He is the one who smashed all the records, did it all. Now we identify with him, say, man, that is our God. He is the one who's conquered death who's conquered sin. But not only that, but he sympathizes with us. And I, I love this because as a husband with, with Michelle, my wife, often she'll come to me and she'll just want to talk. She's got things that she wants to share with me, trouble, things troubling her heart. As a husband, I hear these things. I'm like, oh, honey, I'm so glad you brought that to me because I can fix your problems. Look, you just do this, this, and this. Problem solved. Okay, what's for dinner, Right? I don't know if anyone's, ever, anyone's husband's ever done that to him before. Maybe I'm the only one again. But um, I just fi- it's like fix the problem and move on. But that's not what helps. 
what she wants is someone to sympathize with her. I want to, she wants someone to listen to her, understand her, to know her, to hear her out, to not just give a quick prescription and send her on her way. It says that Jesus is like that. He sympathizes with our weakness. He doesn't just kind of like, okay, I'm so sorry you got that problem, John. On your way. See ya. Send no more later. He hears us. He understands us. He knows us. He knows us in our weakness. He, all of our sin is before him. All of our weaknesses are before him. He knows us. And yet he sympathizes with us. He's not put off by it. He doesn't reject us for it. He sees us right where we're at. And he loves us still. So we're naked and exposed in our weakness. Christ is our great high priest. Now what do we do? Verse 16. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What do we do? It says, let us then. Let us then. This is the foundation for all of our ministry at Mercy Hill. This is the foundation. It's not about a bigger name for ourselves, more recognition in the community, bigger platform to speak from, better accolades. This is all about Jesus. This defines our ministry. It's let us then go to the throne of grace. Let us then go to Jesus. This defines all that we do together. Let us then go to Jesus. And so often in my life, I turn to so many other things to, keep, to fill my time, to occupy my thoughts, go to Facebook, go to, go to the internet, watch a movie, call a friend. Good things. Look, having friends, good thing. Internet can be used for good things. Friends, important to be able to communicate with and talk with. But if it's what we turn to in our time of need, we're missing something. So we turn to Jesus in our time of need. We turn to the Savior who alone can, can help, who alone can sympathize with us, who truly knows us like no one else. It's Jesus. It's Jesus that we turn to. One of the worst things in life is to experience rejection from friends or people around us. It's hard. But we come to a Savior who says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I will give you rest. Come to me. He's not put off by our weakness. He's not put off by our, our nakedness. He's not put off by us being exposed before him. He actually came for us while we were weak. Not because we're strong, but because we're weak. Not because we got everything together, but because we have... We, don't have, we have very little put together. He came for us yet. And the writer of Hebrews is writing to a people who are being persecuted in the midst, in the midst of, of their life. They're being persecuted for their faith. And it, for them, there's this temptation of, well, if I, as long as I go back to the old way of life, as long as I go back to the old way of life, it'll be so much easier. I won't be persecuted. People won't think I'm weird. People won't ask me questions about my faith that it's hard for me to even describe or for me to understand sometimes. People will leave me alone. I'll just fit in with everybody else. And there's this temptation for us at times to say, you know what, sometimes this is hard. It's hard picking up the cross and following Jesus. It's hard laying my life down every day for the Lord. It is hard at times. 
And it's a temptation, you know what? Oh, it's just so much easier before. It's just so much easier if I just go my own way, do my own thing. Oh, there'll be freedom then. There'll be real peace then. But it's a false hope. Life is only found in Jesus Christ. So ministry here at Mercy Hill from the very beginning, and I pray that as it continues to grow, the Lord willing that we will continue to minister a let us go ministry. Let us go to the throne. Let us go to Jesus. Let us go to the Lord. Let's approach the throne together. It's not a ministry of let me go. It's let us go. It's not just me by myself going only with myself. It is me saying, look, I'm going to go to the throne of grace and I want other people to come with me. I want other people to know Jesus. I want other people to meet the Savior. I want other people to know the love and the, the care that God has given in me in my life. Know the forgiveness that I have. Know the cleansing of my conscience. I want other people to know that as well. And so we as a church, that is one of our core values. It is a let us go. Let us go to the throne. Let us go to Jesus. It is God who provides the grace and the mercy that we need and we have in Jesus Christ. It's not a social club. This is fueled by a love for Jesus and a compassion for the people around us. This is a call for us to respond. As we, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, a potluck celebration dinner after service today. It'd be real easy just to kind of make this nice social talk and catch up, which is great. But even in this, let us, let us go to the Savior. Let us go to Jesus. Let us be the ones asking the questions. Man, what's, how's your life been? Really, how's your life been? What's going on with, in your walk with the Lord? Let's be the ones who say, let us go together. The question is, who are we going to bring with us? Who are we going to bring with us? We don't want to be a place where we just kind of fill the pews, fill the pink pews every week, and go on our way. We want to be the people of God who've been captured by the great and sweet message of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. And that we would say, you know what? It's not just about me. It is a let us go experience. So Lord, we, just, we thank you this morning that you've called us, your people, to yourself. Lord, that yes, you've called us individually, but Lord, you've called us corporately. You've called us as your people, your body. And Lord, we pray today that God, as we move forward in the years to come, that the ministry would be not defined as letting me go to your throne, but Lord, me coming to your throne with others together in solidarity. Jesus, thank you that you've made a way for us to go to your throne. Thank you that you are our high priest. You are our mediator. That you know us. You love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.